Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. That kid is back on the escalator again. Ain't gonna hurt. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Bargain Bin. He is your host, Ben Mason. And he is your co-host, Sandra Luketic. And today we're talking 1985's Rocky IV. As always, we assume if you're listening to this episode, you have already seen the movie. Stallone, Sandro. Yes, that Stallone is in this, yes. I love me some Stallone. He's not just <laughs> in this, man. He wrote yeah. this. He directed this. Uh-huh. I'm happy with his work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so hard not to be. Yeah, I'm... Um, okay, so this was our December fan pick. We did push it back a little bit for our 100th episode and a few other things that just happened to happen in December. It's going to pain me to read this, but this is actually what he wrote down. This is a fan pick from Lederick. <laughs> <laughs> Why you do this to me? <laughs> Basketball themes running through our boxing episode. I guess he's trying to tell us that he's second best. I don't know. So, of course, we always ask the question when we get a listener pick as to why they pick the movie. And uh, what we got here is, I love the Rocky series with this one peaking all of my emotions and a great soundtrack. And I, I can't disagree with any of it. Um, you've known me for a long time and I'm not the best with movies. Uh, like, I don't have like the widest berth, I guess we'll say, for knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. But from the movies that I've seen growing up, I've always carried this one as one of my all-time favorites. Not in the genre, not of Stallone movies. It's just been one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, was was Rocky IV. Yeah, uh, it's... I, I would put it as a tie with my favorite in the series with um, Rocky Balboa. But yeah, it was just a great movie in the 80s. It's a, an amazing time capsule of american propaganda okay so let let me ask you since you always ask me this question yeah when was the last time you saw this movie the last time this morning <laughs> well yeah but obviously before the review every time you ask me that i don't say this week for the review no i say first time not last time oh really no sometimes you say last time if it's a movie you know i've seen multiple times okay well last time was this morning the first time <laughs> The first time was uh, a double feature with Masters of the Universe. They do not go together well. No, no, they just share one actor, I guess. That's about it. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Um, definitely Rocky Four, my favorite of those two. But um, I don't know. There's just something really special about this movie. Be it nostalgia, be it I will say strong acting, even from the. Uh, the characters I dislike, they're, they're acted very well. Mm -hmm. It's a very compelling story. Uh, at this point, though, it's you, you can't really view Rocky as an underdog like you did uh, originally. So they had to really, really build up Lundgren as this monster who cannot be stopped. But One look at him and you're already buying him as Oh, yeah, totally. He's absolutely terrifying. He's but, so good for this. Like, he's such an imposing, intimidating figure. Yeah, but it's so formulaic. Like, within the first 
15 minutes of the movie, you know how everything else plays out. <laughs> you also know how the last movie played out. And the movie before that, and the movie before that. I I, I looked it up, and the movie is, I think, 31.8% montage. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I really enjoy montage the movie. That's exactly what this is. And half of the last bit of the movie is montage. Mm-hmm. Like the third act is almost all montage and a fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a definite point and it's when he leaves the conversation after telling Adrian that he's taking the fight where the rest of the movie is majority montage. And don't get me started on Adrian and the fight in this. Well, we're going to, because we're going to get to that. Oh yeah. However, before we get to all of that, we have a game to play. Well, it's a game for you. <laughs> it's a game for everybody except you. So it's what movies have people in this movie been in that we've reviewed before? Take it away. Um, I, I believe this is our first Stallone movie, yeah? Correct. Okay, good. That's shocking, first of all. Yes, yeah, 101 episodes. We haven't done Stallone yet. Uh, Lundgren is going to be a problem for me. <laughs> How so? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, other than this, uh, obviously I said Masters of the Universe. Correct. Universal Soldier. Correct. You're halfway there. Uh, Showdown Little Tokyo. Correct. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Correct. That's it, right? That is it for, for Dolph. Although... Even just that quick tidbit reminds me of, like, how good Dolph has been for our show. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I I think there's only two other actors. Correct. Okay. The one that caught me off guard as I was watching the movie in preparation for the show was Talia Shire. Correct. Because I completely forgot that she was in Rad. Yeah, the mom. Exactly. And such a good movie, too. Great movie, and she did a great job in that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we can't forget Carl Weathers. Now, I'll probably forget one of the movies he was in that we covered, but you have to go immediately to Action Jackson. I mean, you can only go to Action Jackson, because that's, that's the only one. Thank God, because I couldn't remember <laughs> if we did Predator or not. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, those three... In my opinion, minus Masters of the Universe, were just in banger movies that we covered. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, just really fun to talk about, too. All right. So, I know we're going a little long, but I do want to just point out the most memorable time I saw this movie before we get to the plot. Mm-hmm. So, I was in high school, and I was playing hacky sack with a bunch of my friends in an empty parking lot, and we were just kind of goofing around. And one of my buddies came driving up to us and faking like he was going to hit us. As you do. And he hit me. And I went over the hood and the tire, the front passenger tire, ran over my leg. So I went home being a stupid kid thinking I can walk it off. That didn't happen. Uh, it must have been maybe 2 in the morning. I messaged our friend Mike who joined us for... Uh, um, money plane. He wasn't there at the incident, but I, I needed somebody to drive me to the emergency room. And uh, Mike came and he took me to the emergency room 
And he stayed with me the whole time because he's a great guy. But on the TV in the emergency room was Rocky Four, And by the time they got to me, we had watched the movie in its entirety. Okay, one second. Yeah. Why, did, why didn't the friend that hit you, why did he not take you to the emergency room? Well, like I said, I was being stupid. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. I can walk it off. I didn't, like, break anything. It just ended up being soft tissue damage to my Achilles. But I insisted that I just be taken home. Okay. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah, I literally said I was a dumb kid. Yeah, no, I'm just driving that point home. So, you know, I'll always remember that time watching Rocky IV in the emergency room. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the story was going anywhere. I just said it was my most memorable time watching the movie. I wanted to share that. Yeah, and this is, um, I don't know, it's one of those few movies where you can really actually enjoy it on your own or around other people suffering horrible injuries, I guess. Honestly, I can say it was my most enjoyable trip to the emergency room because I literally just sat there watching Rocky IV in a wheelchair with a smile on my face. <laughs> Actually get in to see a doctor and he's like, oh, I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> they call my name and the movie's not over? Yeah, yeah, take the next one in line. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's like, I, I, I must break you. Um, opening credits, Andro. Mm-hmm. Already ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Two boxing gloves, one American, the other Russian collide and explode. <laughs> that sets the pace and tone for this entire film. Uh, it's not well done. <laughs> no, it's not. But we get a replay of the climactic fight from the previous film, complete with Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Nice. Rocky and Clubber Lang. I... Have you seen Rocky 3? I've seen all of the Rockies, dude. I don't like it. It's not one of the better ones, but, but it, I, could... I mean, it's still better than 5. Uh, everything is better than 5. <sighs> Tell me about it. But I don't, like, I, I like Mr. T. For some reason, I just didn't like that movie. I have to go back and revisit it, because maybe I was just in a bad mood, because 1 and 2 are phenomenal movies. Mm -hmm. 3, we just covered. Four, we are covering. Five, we all know is terrible. Six, fantastic in my opinion. And I've only seen Creed. I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. Oh, Creed 2 is so good, and it's the return of Drago. I know. And that's why I really have to get around yeah, to it. You, you do. Oh, maybe I'll change my pick for next week. No. Please. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Cut to a conversation between Rocky, played, of course, by Sylvester Stallone, and Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers. Uh, discussing Apollo's idea to finally have another rematch in their gym. Uh, great job at cementing the friendship between the two. They play off of each other so well. And really, they always have, even when they were um, uh, opponents in the first two films. I honestly think that it doesn't matter who he's with. Carl Weathers has so much charisma that yeah. he's going to make you like whoever he's friends with here. Yeah, and, and not even just here. Like, look at Predator. Like, you, we follow Arnold in the chopper and everything. When they land, like, okay, well, this is an Arnold movie, 100% behind it. And then they get that, like, weird <laughs> embrace arm thing they do. Oh, anybody who's ever been on the internet knows what it is. Exactly. And I'm like, I I'd be okay if Carl Weathers took over this film. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're constantly ribbing each other. Um, everyone also seems to forget 
like a lot of Rocky fans, or not Rocky fans, but people who have seen the movies or know Rocky, the cultural figure, forget that he lost the first fight, which I thought really cemented him to me as a, a really lovable character that you could. It's one of the best for. parts of the first movie is that it really cemented him as the underdog, and yep. the Cinderella story doesn't have to end with a win per se in the ring because he won in so many other aspects during that journey. Well, he we went the distance too. It was a split decision. So, I mean, that alone, a nobody to almost tying the champ. Yeah, and it's crazy how they moved up to being such good friends here. Yeah. Um, and, and their friendship is so solid that it really throws me off when the next, or later that night, Rocky returns home and we meet his kid, Rocky Jr., I guess, because he's never <laughs> named in the movie. <laughs> Hey, he never is, is he? No, no, he's not. He's called like uh, kid, uh, boy. Rocky calls him babe at once. <laughs> but, but this kid just doesn't have a name. And I was trying to figure out, I'm like, I guess it's Rocky Jr. But then Rocky is Rocky's nickname. It's not his actual name. So is the kid Robert Jr.? Because Rocky's name is Robert Balboa, or who? Who the like this poor fucking kid? Like nobody refers to him by name whatsoever. Is just there. It's not until I think Rocky Balboa that they do actually label him as Robert Junior. Right? Yeah. But at at this point, no idea, yeah. <laughs> none whatsoever. Um, this night also happens to be uh, Polly's birthday. Polly, played by Burt Young. Um, anybody who's not familiar with, uh, the, the Rocky franchise, Polly is, um, Rocky's brother-in-law. Uh, and we also see Talia Shire here again as, uh, Adrian Balboa. Uh, on, I have to ask you, man, what are your thoughts on Polly throughout this franchise? I'm kind of indifferent. Like I get what they're going for is, you know, Rocky's got the heart of gold. He's not gonna give up on, you know, the people that were with him, but like he's kind of obnoxious. Yeah. And that's him toned down for this movie. We're at this party where Rocky is late because he was fighting with Apollo, and there's nobody else there. Yeah. <laughs> like, if even if Rocky's late, they had a party with no attendees. <laughs> yeah. But like this movie is so raw raw for every american they couldn't have paulie continue the way he was because we, we all forget or most people forget that earlier in the franchise he's a raging alcoholic who actually beats the shit out of his sister constantly here he's just an annoying goof yeah yeah a much more uh comedic take on the character yeah. i guess but burt young does a great job at it it's just a shitty character yeah no burt young is good but it's a better character than his fucking birthday present. Oh, that my God. Goddamn robot. And it's like the scene is set up to make it seem so grandiose. Rocky's like, oh, oh I'm even sweating just waiting to show you. And then, then they turn the lights down and like a more electronic synth song starts playing. Oh. And then this thing wheels in here. It's just like, oh, God. And it looks like a shitty robot from a, a B science fiction movie. <laughs> giant bug eyes but it's a perfect representation of american excess here like look at the massive house sports car that rocky's driving i believe is like a lambo 
Um, the kid has a fucking JVC camcorder. Uh, they're giving robots as birthday presents. It has to be somewhat tongue in cheek, right? I think this was just a, a moment of trying to jump ahead of technology to show how advanced Rocky is going to be. But then it's like, oh, yeah, technology didn't go that direction. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> and uh, next is a really uncomfortable scene, like the anniversary scene. Yeah, what the hell? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Rocky's wearing, but I don't like it. And I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> um, but even like the anniversary cake is a... <laughs> boxers in a ring the the groom has his like fist out like he's punching the wife yeah (laughs) he's inspired by (laughs) paulie maybe don't maybe don't remind her of getting hit by men weird the gift no it's not a gift the snake watch no 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 no, because this is what like it's like nails on a chalkboard. He keeps calling it her prize. Oh yeah. Yeah, you've been married <laughs> to me for a while. Here's your prize. Why don't you open your prize? It's like it sounds so stupid. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You've been punched in the head too many times. Well, yeah. Um it's just just a really awkward scene all around. Um and the the transition to the next scene makes no sense because it, it pauses on a frame. It freezes on uh, Rocky and Adrian and fades to a Sports Illustrated cover of Captain Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren, with the title Russians Invade U.S. Sports. I love how sports is the smallest word in that title. It just says Russians Invade U.S. Sports. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brilliant. Well, these Russians arrive in the States, uh, Lundgren and... Uh, Bridget Nielsen, who plays his wife, Olympic gold medalist swimmer Ludmilla, look like fucking supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's hard to comprehend a couple like this. But Nielsen was engaged to Stallone at the time of filming, so that was pretty much her in. Um, side note, too, apparently had an affair with Schwarzenegger while making Red Sonja. Huh. So... Yeah. Yeah. So she uh she's tackled both Schwarzenegger and Stallone now. Oh, and we have two now. And Flava Flav. Oh no, we we're not coming. <laughs> uh Apollo is in his pool playing fetch with his dogs and becomes irritated after catching a press conference touting uh Drago's in ring ability. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I, I don't know why he's irritated. Intimidated, maybe. It's the Ruskies coming into our land. Yeah, yes. Cold War is still alive and well. Yeah. Well, um, nah, Rocky will take care of that. <laughs> oh, God. The <laughs> uh, conversation between Rocky and his son about how Rocky fights so his kid doesn't have to. Yeah, I like that scene. It's good. And the son asks him if, if he can learn how to fight or when he can learn how to fight. Yeah, And Rocky pretty much says, like, I want better for you, you know? Like, I do this because essentially this is what I can do, and I want better for you. And then there's a cute little moment where, you know, he tells his dad, oh, you don't look like a punching bag, you look like a catcher's mitt. And it's it's a charming (laughs) little scene. It is pretty good. Uh, Interrupted, though, when Apollo calls, letting Rocky know he's coming to town. Which I honestly thought they all lived in the same town. So, okay. I didn't think he came in town. I thought he said you're coming down. 
Eh, it I, 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 yeah, no, it doesn't. He's just announcing his arrival. Uh, cut to the Russians showing their high-tech training program. Um, they shoot down rumors of doping, even though we see that's exactly the case later on. Sneaky mm-hmm. Russians. Um, put on a demonstration of Drago's power. You know, whatever he hits, he destroys. Yeah, I believe it. Dude's jacked. I, I like how he punches a thing once, scores 1,850 pounds per square inch, and they say he averages this. It's like, no, he's only punched once. That's not how an average works. Stupid. Do you want me to go into why this is? <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> Apollo tells the Balboas that he thinks he can take Drago and plans on doing so in an exhibition match. Stupid move, man. But then we're back to this fucking robot, which now has a woman's voice, uh, plays Polly's favorite songs, brings him beer all while praising him. And he even refers to it as his girl. Yeah. So let's, let's be real here, Sandro. No, I'm not. No, I'm not answering anything you're about to... No. Polly's tried to fuck this robot, no, right? No, I'm not saying anything, man. No. He I'm, totally has. I saw there this is going. I'm not answering. <laughs> Even Rocky is slightly disturbed. I do like how Carl Weathers has the reaction that we all have. Like, this thing turns the corner. And he's like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> uh, Adrian, uh, being the voice of reason... Tries at least now tries to talk Apollo out of the fight, uh, pointing out that he's been retired for years, and then immediately drags Rocky into it. And a weird line from Polly: "Ever try these comics? It keeps your fertility." Just go sit in the corner, Polly. Yeah, your sex bot. Uh, <laughs> later, <laughs> later that night, Rocky and Apollo watch tapes of their fights. Um. It's a decent humanizing of, of Apollo, showing that he's feeling forgotten and missing being in the limelight. And Rocky is quick to point out, like, do you think this fight isn't against the Russian? It's against you. And Apollo wants none of that. And it right here is where Stallone shines as a screenwriter. Yeah, maybe, but uh, yeah, really, I'm speaking the truth here, Apollo. Are you? I don't think I want to hear this, Stallion. Oh, come on. Hey, Paolo, look. You were a great fighter, no doubt about that. But look, we got to face the facts, too. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. And that's easy for you to say you're still on top. What happens when you're not on top? Then what? Where do we go, Stallion? Because we sure as hell can't be born again. No, no, we can't be born again. But, you know, let's face it. We, we, we got to change sometime. I don't want to change, man. I like who I am. I like who you are, too, but look at that, you know? You don't want to believe this, but that, that ain't us up there no more, pal. We can't do that the way we did it before. We're, we're, we're changing. We're, we're, like, turning into regular people. Nah, Stallion. Maybe you think you're changing. But you can't change what you really are. And you can forget all this money and stuff you got all around you, man, because it don't change a thing. You and me, we don't even have a choice. See, we're born with a killer instinct that you can't just turn off and on like some some radio. We have to be right in the middle of the action because we're the warriors. And without some some challenge, without some damn war to fight, then the warrior may as well be dead, Stallion. It It's just so good uh, accepting that times change and 
we do as well. Uh, you know, I can't help but wonder how much the fight with Rocky that we don't see a result for, uh, for obvious reasons, would have had a hand in Apollo accepting this fight. Because you figure he's got an ego, but if he lost to Rocky, would he maybe need to prove himself against Drago that he thinks that Rocky's above him? If he beat Rocky in that exhibition match, is he feeling full of himself that he can take on Drago? Like, I good just... question. Very good question. I hadn't really considered it. But I, I want to believe that their uh, exhibition rematch at the, the gym really just kind of turned into a sparring bout. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the case too. And, and if that's the case, that there was no winner, that also might have been hyping him up thinking, well, I didn't lose. I must well, still got- have it. Exactly. He got back in the ring with Rocky, um, who handed him a, a major loss, but also gave him a major win, um, holding his own for a little bit. Maybe he just like it pushed him that much more into being like, I, I can't stop now. Like, this is my life. This is what I feel. Getting back in the ring, throwing the punches, like this is all I can do. It's very much the Rocky scenario for Apollo, but Apollo had hit the heights that Rocky reaches later in the, their careers. Yeah, and, and you're right. The result might not have been relevant at all. Just the fact that Rocky agreed to have the rematch and gave Apollo a reason to put the gloves back on and get in the ring gave him that taste of it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that very... I don't know. I feel like we could have spent a lot more time on Apollo in this movie. Um, even next with the press conference, like Apollo's on fire. Uh, massive personality with a, a knack for talking shit. Mm-hmm. It's and you can see the Russians just getting so angry. I know the movie's called Rocky, but I almost would have rather that Rocky took the exhibition match, didn't die, but got injured, and Apollo had to go and redeem him. I just, it would have been so good. That's a great idea. I would definitely be down to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Th- this massive war of words between Apollo, Ludmilla, and uh, trainer Nikolai uh, is so enjoyable. And I'm it, it's, it's underlined with the fact that Drago doesn't say a word. It's, no. It's all looks, and the looks are even worse. That's the thing. No matter what's going on around him, he's just looking angry constantly. It's like, you don't know what that guy's thinking, whatever it is. It's not good. No. (laughs) It's definitely not good. Uh, So we cut to a fight night at the MGM Grand. Um, We get another scene where Rocky looks like an idiot, the like nails and snails joke. Uh, Which I don't understand why it's included. And I'm hoping that Rocky, oh my God, I actually called him Rocky. I hope that Stallone took it out of his director's cut that came out last year. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch the director's cut. Um, but I hear it doesn't have the robot. So yeah, thank God. It also doesn't really have Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> I wonder if there's some bad blood between those two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he added 38 minutes to the movie, and it it comes out to being only two minutes longer than the original cut. So it's something that we should all probably check out. Um, but yeah, th- this back and forth turns into an argument between the two. Uh, and, but I, I'm totally with Rocky on this one. Like the fight is not a good idea. I don't know 
how Apollo's so blind. Yes, I understand why he wants to test himself and get back in the ring, but this is a, a pretty big jump. Like, we don't know anything about Drago other than he just wrecks things. You don't know his fighting style, technique. Uh, you've never seen him fight, so you don't know what his cardio is like. But looking at him, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's statuesque. He's ripped. He's jacked. And he's got punching power. Like, that's not something an older person should be uh, taking on. I say older at this point. Like, Weathers is younger than I am now. Yeah. I think that a situation like this would only work for somebody who doesn't have the ego of Apollo, where, yeah, yeah, if things are going south, he would have no problem throwing in the towel, bowing out, and, like, not antagonizing him. Like, literally, like, yeah, let's... Let's have a public sparring, an exhibition, you know, like just, but he's so desperate to regain that glory that it blinds him to the threat. Well, he's hard headed and rushes into things. And I I, want to talk about the entrances, but uh, when we talk about the actual fight, uh, just quickly, um, he rushes right into that too. He does not hesitate. He's the first one to throw a punch and just charges. And it's, it's, you just don't do that in this scenario. But going back, uh, do you have any thoughts on the uh, the entrances for the fighters? It's very obvious what they're focused on. <laughs> you think? Right? Like, Drago is just in an empty ring that gets lifted into the arena. And you can see on his face, everything that's going on around him, it's just like, what in the world is this? I thought I had agreed to a boxing match. Whereas yep. Apollo is just singing and dancing and putting on a show. And it's like... You're not taking this with the same level of seriousness that you should be. No, not at all. And that's the thing, too. Like you said, Drago rises uh, in the ring through the floor. Um, Not only is Apollo dancing and singing, he's got James Brown performing Living in America. There's Pyro. There's Showgirls. Everything. Although I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I... wasn't enjoying Carl Weathers' big smile on his face, having a great time. Like, he's just... He lightens up the screen. Dude, I was fucking dancing too. It's hard not to. <laughs> Living in America is a crazy good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fight time. <laughs> and I just have quick summary. Drago beats the shit out of Apollo <laughs> with little effort. At Apollo's behest, Rocky doesn't throw in the towel, and Apollo dies in the ring. <sighs> okay, I can see if, if Apollo earlier said don't throw in the towel... But he tells him not to stop the match when he is clearly just getting destroyed. He can only see out of one eye. <laughs> like, at that point, <laughs> you must be thinking, I don't have a chance here. How are you going to turn this around, man? Um, and Rocky, who the entire time has been telling him, maybe this fight's not a good idea. Maybe you should bow out. Because of, I guess, his loyalty to his friend doesn't throw in the towel. Even when Duke is yelling at him to throw in the towel, (laughs) it's like, what are you doing? Although, when I watch the scene, Drago has become unhinged and is not following the rules, listening to the bell anyway. I have a feeling if they threw in the towel, he wasn't going to (laughs) stop. He just kicks it back out of the (laughs) way. He's got to take it to the Count of Monte Fisto, Sandro. The worst nickname ever. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I do like Apollo as the fight starts. He's like, he's talking shit. And then they do that touch of gloves and he just tries to like basically 
punch down on top of uh, Drago's hands, which don't move one bit. Mm -mm. And it's followed up with Drago's line of, you will lose. (laughs) I would be fucking terrified. Yeah. But look, it's this. like they they put boxing gloves on Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> like this is not a good idea. Yeah, and like I just I had to look up how old these guys were. Like how old the like the the lead four he, are here, and I was stunned, man. Okay. Like Carl Weathers in this movie is thirty seven years old. He looks freaking great. I know Stallone thirty nine. Also looks great. Lundgren, 28. Jesus. Bridget Nielsen, 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. The only thing is she looks a lot older than 22. Um, She looks great. Lundgren, I thought, was a lot older than 28, but Jesus Christ. Um, I'm I'm impressed. I mean, for 37 and 39, Apollo and Rocky look great. Yeah, they must be using the uh, Russian method of not doping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and man, like Bridget Nielsen looks so great in this. She is great in this. Like in every aspect. I'm I'm annoyed that Stallone removed most of her scenes from his director's cut because she, I I want more of her in this movie. I'm just talking superficially. Cuz I know you are, but I'm it's talking a, it's, talent and character. It's a little bit of a shame what uh some people will do with plastic surgery and it just doesn't yeah, she definitely went overboard, but that's her choice, man. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Just it just didn't is. work. It did not work. It's, it's like these people that you know have so much like work done. It's like, but you're already just naturally beautiful. Just leave it. Mm, some people just can't. They they don't see what everybody else sees. All right. Anyway, whatever. Uh, the end of the fight makes no sense to me. Like Apollo is unconscious in the ring. Doctors are rushing in. Drago's already giving a post-fight interview. Uh, people are like flooding the ring as well. Uh, it, there's no way any of this is all happening at once, but it is somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Also, Rocky, uh, if your friend is unconscious from taking too much head trauma, don't pick up his head. Don't pick up his head. Don't but fucking. We know move Rocky's him. a dummy. He just. Like, He's stupid. Nails and snails. (laughs) What we didn't know is that Apollo could have pulled through. (laughs) Rocky actually (laughs) broke his neck by moving him and killed him. Lifting his head. (laughs) I don't have to tell you, Rocky. You just, uh, you killed him. (laughs) Uh, Cut to Apollo's funeral and Rocky gives a moving speech and places Apollo's boxing title on the casket. Now, maybe this is me being cynical, but someone's digging up that fucking grave to get that belt. <laughs> maybe it's me being <laughs> cynical, but, like, the guy died in the ring. Don't put the belt on his casket. <laughs> just, just so you can never rest in peace, Apollo. <laughs> I'm surprised that Rem- the wife... Remember, this is the belt I took from you. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's a memento of the thing that led to your death. Yeah. Here's your title. Forever out of reach. Uh, Rocky announces that he will be the next to fight Drago. And the Russians are unfazed, but take the opportunity to take shots at America. And there's no money for either fighter, but the fight is set for Christmas Day in Russia, because why the fuck not? 
Yeah, and he even had to re- relinquish his title to yeah. to fight in this unsanctioned unsanctioned bout. And I understand what the Russians are uh, kind of doing with the placement of the match in Russia, because we do see Drago juicing after that, and I'd have to imagine that being in Russia. They're able to slip some things through the cracks a little bit easier than if it's in America, even though they say it's, you know, because he's being threatened with violence, which fine, whatever. Yeah. I also like the fact that it could be like we had this one fight in America. Now let's have the other fight in our country. But why Christmas Day? I don't know. I always found that weird. I guess they just needed to make this a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. No, it's not. Not even a little bit. But, you know, there's people. Uh, is, that, is that one of the movies that people argue is a Christmas film? No. Okay, good, because they would be fucking wrong. Uh, Adrian's cornered by the media at the Balboa house, fights off a barrage of questions about a fight that she doesn't really even seem to know anything about yet. Yeah, Rocky clearly didn't run it by her. Yeah, yeah communication between these two, top-notch. Uh, we learn that Rocky's going to be training in Russia as well, and Adrian accuses him of being willing to lose everything, and we're given a short back and forth trying to show us that Rocky isn't materialistic, which he is. I felt none of the emotional intention in this scene. Because it all fell flat. It sucked. I appreciate the the, uh, dichotomy between Rocky's stances on fighting Drago and, like, the emotion taking over, but Adrian just straight up telling Rocky that he can't win, that he won't win. Thanks for the support. Yeah, really. And then we get a montage. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I made notes covering this montage and how much shit they crammed into it. The only reason I can believe this is a thing and why it was all included is because, like, they had to cut out an hour's worth of footage from Stallone's original version of the movie. And I think they just wanted to try and tell a story as quickly as possible. But you were saying. They do it to no easy way out, which is just awesome. Yeah, it's banging. But it starts off with Rocky driving. Flashbacks of Apollo and Drago's fight. Rocky and Apollo running on the beach. Apollo's corpse. Rocky (laughs) fighting Apollo. A disappointed Adrian. Scenes of Rocky's self-doubt from previous films. Rocky meeting Adrian for the first time. The two of them hooking up. Rocky fighting Apollo again. Rocky and Adrian getting married. Scenes of Rocky and Mick from previous films. Rocky punching sides of beef from previous films. Clubber Lang for some reason. Mickey (laughs) dying, who we never really reference. Rocky not throwing in the towel before Apollo's death. The birth of Rocky's son, the nameless child. Rock training for his second fight with Apollo, winning the title in their rematch. Rocky taking Apollo's place in the Drago fight and losing in the same manner. So a lot of things are from other movies past that has nothing to do with this story. Some of the things we see aren't even real. Thanks, Montage. Yeah, well, I just, I mean, it's definitely meant to highlight some very key aspects quickly. Here and there, sure. Yeah, what Apollo's relationship meant to him, what Rocky has overcome, his own self-doubt, being represented by previous self-doubt. But, yeah. like We've already seen him doubt himself. (laughs) 
We've seen him doubt his best friend. We know. We know. No one. No one's coming into Rocky Four being like, Rocky IV sounds like an interesting movie. I'm glad this isn't a sequel to anything, but I wonder what the IV stands for. <laughs> they really do their best with all of these montages, though, to make it that you don't have to have seen the previous movies to watch. Exactly. Uh, it's time to leave for Russia, Sandro. Correct. Uh, so we need another scene of Polly and this fucking robot. Uh, Rocky and his son talk about fear and perseverance. Uh, because by going that one more round, when you don't think you can... That's what makes all the difference in your life. <laughs> yeah, tell that to Apollo. <laughs> it, it sure made a difference in Rocky's life because in the next movie, he's told not to fight anymore because of his severe brain damage. Mm-hmm. And again, it, the kid doesn't have a name. No. no. Adrian doesn't even say goodbye to her husband. No, she just looks at him from through a window. He doesn't say goodbye to her either, though. Uh... And they land in Russia. Survivor, again, this time with Burning Heart. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Oh, so good, man. The Russian liaison lays out the scenario. Rocky, Polly, and trainer Duke, played by Tony Burton, I forgot to mention him earlier, uh, will stay in a cabin in the countryside and constantly be under the watch of Russian chaperones. Polly complains about the cabin not having TV, room service, or comics, and then falls in the snow. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be here man he doesn't what do, what does paulie do uh well at one point when rocky's training he sits on something that weight to it so uh, useless yeah 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 he's useless duke and rocky have a serious conversation which at first sounds motivational but quickly turns into don't fuck this up yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> Um, in case you were getting bored, we have another montage, Sandro. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, Rocky running through the countryside, sawing logs, carrying those logs, pulling sleds, chopping down giant trees. Symbolism. Also helping other rural residents, slowly winning their admiration. All while Drago's machine workouts get their own montage. I do like how they splice these montages together to show how different their approaches are. Yeah. Even still, though, it's not that necessary. But No. But uh, neither is the next scene. Uh, Rocky returns from his run, and Adrian is waiting for him at the cabin. Couple questions. Why did she just (laughs) abandon their son? Yeah. Get to that later, too. How how did she get there? Well, with a plane and the Russian guy with the mustache. I don't know. Because... wasn't really open airways between the U.S. and Russia at this point. So she's there. No one knows how she got there. There's no way the government would have allowed her to even go. Also, the chaperones probably would have noticed something because people do hang back at the cabin. Um, and there is no apology here whatsoever. Just, I couldn't stay away anymore. And I get it. People can argue and try and explain that this is a, a form of an apology. I don't believe it, but... I don't know. It is what it is. Thank God after that heavy emotional scene, uh, we get another montage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this fucking movie. It's really, uh, it's the same montage. Yeah, they took a break. Yeah, they just took a break during the montage to show that she was there, and now she's in his half of the montages. 
more working out in the burn, more Drago workouts. Again, I can't like these guys are just Drago juicing. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky trying to outrun the chaperones. And I have to say, like they, well, he does. He he outruns them because they they slip and slide off the the snowy road. But they are so close behind him. I was thinking, like, if he fell, they just would have driven right over him. <laughs> <laughs> and next we get one of the stupidest parts of the movie. Rocky runs to the peak of a fucking mountain. Well, yeah. I mean, they had to one-up the running up the um, uh, steps, right? Yeah, yeah, they did that for sure. <laughs> but it's also sunset. And he has no flashlight. <laughs> so how's, how's he getting off the mountain? Just come back the way you came. Look at your foot uh, footprints in the snow. In the dark? Yeah. Can you imagine he didn't make it back? <laughs> he just gets attacked by a bear. <laughs> so, uh, we know Drago's here. What's, uh, what's going on with Rocky? Anyone see Rock? Oh, uh, Bobby Balboa? American stuck on mountain. <laughs> just show like a, a bear with a, a toque on that was what yeah. Rocky was wearing. <laughs> it's just so dumb but again and anyway, we'll move on here it, it's fight you know the match is being broadcast all over the world no pressure on rocky here whatsoever high-ranking government officials are in attendance including gorbachev who is definitely not mentioned by name i'm i'm surprised they even dared to use him as a character in this film that's a ballsy move Rocky makes his way to the ring to a chorus of boos. And yeah, this 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 brings up a point that you mentioned earlier. We cut to Rocky's house where the kid and two friends are watching the fight and there are no signs of any kind of supervision other than the robot who's dressed like Santa Claus. Even if there was supervision, even if one of these other kids' parents were there, both of his parents just left for Russia. Enjoy your Christmas, kid. Every day is Christmas. They're rich. We don't know how the other side lives, Sandro. Bad parenting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at those two. You think they're great? No. There's no reason for us to believe they would be good parents in the first place. Yeah, no, fair enough. Drago gets the exact opposite reaction, of course. Uh, this time he gets the flashy entrance, uh, complete with the Soviet national anthem performed by the Russian Red Army Choir which is one of the most intimidating national anthems I have ever heard. Uh, one of the best and shortest scenes of the movie. It's not even really a scene. It's just two shots. Uh, during the national anthem, when Rocky and Drago, uh, their glances meet, is so intense and so heavy. You see Rocky actually kind of scared, and you see Drago... What's the What's the best way to explain it? You said unhinged earlier, and I will agree with that here, but not in the same way. Like, something is off. And I love it. Um, during Rock's introduction, the entire crowd boos him, except one soldier who whistles, and that is a very risky move, if you ask me. <laughs> Everybody around him just turns and starts beating the shit out of him. Exactly. Uh, Drago's words before the fight begins, I must break you. Classic line. Everybody knows that. Iconic. And I love it because like it's a very interesting choice of words. Um, 
which I, I think they address in Creed 2, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But my interpretation is Drago had no say in anything. He didn't get to agree to the fight with Rocky. He was told he was going to fight Rocky. He's obviously a tool for Soviet propaganda. Um, and from what I know, again, correct me if I'm wrong, in Creed 2, we find out that after this fight, he ends up uh, destitute. Yeah. So losing this fight, they just cast him aside because he's no good to them anymore. Yeah, and I mean, you you get hints of that in this movie too. Like when the fight starts turning, his yeah. people start turning on him. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And then he just he does make the conscious effort to or a conscious decision to say that he's fighting for himself. So he's also kind of shunned them as well. Mm-hmm. Um we do have to say it like this shameless amount of propaganda for both sides here is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the fight begins and we all know how this goes. Really? It's a back and forth. Rocky gets beaten down hard, uh, overcoming Russians aggression, moments of worry wiped away by gaining the upper hand. Rocky starts to win over the crowd, which is completely fucking stupid. If you ask me. Yeah. What, what, what is he doing to win them over fighting the fight that they knew he was going to do? Like, what did they think he was going to do? Get hit and start turtling in the corner? Oh, wow. We're cheering for him. I had to cheer with Rocky doing the classic boxing move of a double leg takedown. Oh, yeah, for sure. So stupid. Um, When Drago gets cut, Duke saying uh, he's not a machine, he's a man. And then immediately cut to Drago saying he's not human, he's a slab of iron. I like that flip. I see what you did there. <laughs> so much better if he punched him and cut him and behind him was like the frame of a T-100. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, like, as, as predictable as this fight is, even when I first saw it, it, it is really entertaining. It's such a good fight. And it's so hard to talk about because it's something you have to see. But the way that they show the back and forth, it yeah. feels like a natural progression. Like there is almost like a feeling out process and looking for the openings and the weaknesses. And yeah, they do emphasize the fact that Rocky, like they do in almost every movie takes a beating, but he just keeps on coming. Right. Yes. There's no, sorry, go ahead. It's just a great fight is what I was going to say. This is also a major issue for me uh, in film. And that is boxing matches. Because they're always filmed as if they're being filmed for television. And it's really hard to convincingly act out a fight without actually hitting the other person. So you'll see in the other three Rocky movies, and the beginning of this one too, punches that visibly are not connecting. And you still get the sound effect as if they do. And the reaction from the other actor as if he just got punched. Um this is the first time in the series where, yes, it does happen a bit in this fight, but for the most part, it looks phenomenal. Well, I mean, they do their best with quick cuts and sound effects to try and mask that. And it, of course. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's done poorly. It's just very difficult to do well. I agree. Um, there are stories going around where, like, they actually were hitting people or hitting each other for a while, and after eating a few punches, Stallone had to go to the hospital. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, the story is, I mean, 
who knows if it's actually true or not, but it's come from different sources that uh, after taking like four or five punches from or to the like body from Lundgren, uh, Stallone had to be rushed to a hospital. And what had happened is one of the punches hit him so hard that it slammed his heart up against his uh, rib cage, cutting off oxygen to an extent and like almost making him pass out. But um, <laughs> it's like, I get we're actors, but if I saw Dolph standing across from me, I wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah land a couple of these. Yeah, you're like, where's my, where's my double? Where's my stand-in? <laughs> like, I don't care. Put boxing gloves on that <laughs> robot. I ain't taking this shit. Can you imagine? He's like, maybe we should throw some real punches, you know, actually get it to look real. And when Lundgren's like, yeah, sure. Stallone just brings in his brother, Frank. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be in the movies. Here's your chance. Um, Drago gets shit on by his trainer and rebels, like I said, claiming to fight only for himself. And that's definitely not going to end well later. Uh, of course, Rocky knocks out the Russian to a bevy of cheering onlookers. Um, I still just don't get that. I, I go don't to either. a sporting event. And if the team or, or athlete that I'm cheering for loses, I don't start cheering for the people that beat them. Yeah, I get it, though, man, because nobody expected Rocky to last as long as he did, let alone win. So this is a, a big display of American strength and willpower. We have to win over the commies, man. There's no other way. We have to show them that we're better. And when they think they've got us down, we can come back and we can overcome. That's one thing I fucking hate about this movie. Oh, so much. Absolutely. Uh, After the fight, just end the movie. I don't want to hear Rocky on the mic. I know we haven't talked about that yet, but like... I want to so badly, though. All right, just, go ahead, but like, oh, I hate it. One line. One line. It tops off the entire speech, which I, I highly suggest people look up if you want to cringe real bad. But it's topped off with, if I can change and you can change, everybody can change. And the movie has the balls to write in Gorbachev giving Rocky a standing ovation. As if Rocky just ended the Cold War himself. I hate this so much. Keep this shit <laughs> out the of the worst. movie. But after that, like I had to laugh at the when Rocky gets another chance to speak. And I think you'll know why. Because he just says, I just want to say one thing to my kid who should be home sleeping. Merry Christmas, kid. <laughs> just say his fucking name, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in that we're not there with you. Yeah. I love... Th th there's one thing I love about this scene, and, and I, I will say I, I hate all of it. Mm -hmm. It's that at one point, while he's talking, they cut to Drago, and he just looks like he's so like, just shut up, man. Yeah, <laughs> just, there's this look, not even like of losing, but like this look of disappointment, like in the corner, like, oh, man, I had to lose. Now I got to listen to this shit. Oh, yeah, it's definitely like, look, they're going to take me out back and shoot me any minute now. So I really don't want this to be the last thing I hear. <laughs> but Rocky celebrates in the middle of the ring to thunderous applause. Freeze frame, roll credits, end of movie. So that was... uh. That was a film we talked about. It's not a movie that we should be dissecting. It's fun to make fun of, though. Yeah. 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 A massive success. 
I, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like this movie. No, it's hard to not like this movie, despite everything that's wrong with it. And there is a lot wrong with it. It's still just such a good movie. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, a lot of what's wrong with it is what makes it so enjoyable. No? Nah, I don't know. Let's talk money. Okie dokie. Uh, budget. 1985, Stallone is already a star. Lundgren, not as much. Nielsen, not really. She hasn't done much at all at this point. Um, How much do you think studios are willing to give this... Uh, 30 million. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, 28. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, you don't get to a fourth movie in a series and have massive success prior to it and the companies be hesitant to give you money, right? But at the same time, outside of salaries, I don't know where else money would have gone. So it seems about right. <laughs> you say... Um... Going into a, a a successful series, you don't see them hesitating to put money into it. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> Paramount hated that franchise, but they kept making so much money. They're like the budgets just kind of go lower and lower, and the gross is bigger and bigger. They're like we can't, we can't kill it. We try and <laughs> sabotage our own franchise, and it just comes back with fuck tons of money. Either that, or somebody's sitting at the at a table, like, oh, "Let's see how let's see how low we can make it," and they still make money. I mean, it's, it's games smart. It's yeah. smart. Uh, how much do you think this movie made? One hundred and ten million. Three hundred million. Oh man! <laughs> I thought I was being generous for nineteen eighty five money. Massive, massive success. Well, and it deserves it. It's such a good movie, but yeah. Whew. That's a lot. It's also like when you look at the franchise as a whole, you have it sandwiched in what my opinion is the two worst of the franchise. Three and five. Easily. Yeah. Um, ratings. How do you think those was received by I'll say IMDB. I want to say fans, viewers, but they're so fickle. I feel like this movie is pretty much going to be like a 7 out of 10 across the board. So I'm going to say 7. Yeah, again, very, very close. 6.8. So yeah, we'll round it to 7 for sure. Okay. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, critics, how do you think they felt about it? I'm sticking to what I just said, and I think it's 7s across the board. No, you're wrong. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 37. What? Okay, come on. All right, that's way too low. Well, I mean, it's the critics, right? They're going to pick things apart, and as you said, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be picking this one apart. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, um, the uh, the director's cut okay did did much better with critics. Oh, I'm really? Just, yeah. Uh, currently sitting at 80 percent it's the robot yeah the robot (laughs) ruined it for everyone i and i love too because like what do people hate the robot get it out of there what does stallone hate his ex-wife bridget nielsen get her out of there (laughs) perfect 
how uh, how did the the fans take it on Rotten Tomatoes though? Seventy eight, man. Okay, see, fairly That's close fantastic. to what I said. Sevens across the board. Yeah. Um, just that critic one. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that at all. No, someone fucked up. All right, should we get into some awards? No. No. Yes. Fine. What? Uh, what did uh, what did You're Derek? You're confusing me, man. <laughs> what did Derek pick for least favorite character? Ivan Drago hated him, but he played his part so well. Uh, dot dot dot. Maybe his wife. Dot dot dot. Reminds me of a certain Lana. Basketball and wrestling references. Interesting. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent. So is his answer then the Ivan? wife? I I guess the way it's written down. The, the Drago family? <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard no, man. Hard no on that. I, I don't know. Okay, uh, well, you start us off between you and I for, for worst. Polly. It has to be Polly. Okay. Burt Young played the role very well. So, again, much like, well, most times when I'm covering least favorite character, it is not the performance, it is the actual character. And Polly was just so fucking annoying. It didn't need to be there. Um, we've already been taught from the previous three films that he's a piece of shit. So trying to make him the goofy comedic relief in this, you already know he's an asshole and you just don't want him around. They they sanitized the character for, I think, a larger audience. So how much of that pick is based on the previous movies and how much is it just this movie in a vacuum? I can remove Polly from the previous films and still hate this character. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm just curious, right? Because yeah, you referenced just, the other movies. It doesn't. He doesn't fit. His character doesn't fit in the story with everybody else. His comedy is not funny. Like no. Stallone did not give him good lines. They tried to give him that one sentimental moment when he said, "You know." On their way to the ring, other people would have thrown me away, but you never gave up on me. You have a heart of gold. I'd like to be you. And then when he saw Drago standing across the ring, he was like, I don't want to be you. Yeah, I <laughs> which, also, which I was maybe line. his his best actual funny line in the movie. Yeah, well, it's like, you, uh, you never threw me away. Like, you're only there because uh married your sister. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she won't let me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get rid of you this yeah. whole time. <laughs> I, frankly, Polly, I think you're fucking annoying. I programmed that robot to kill you in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you managed to reprogram it. I don't know how this fight's going to turn out, but I paid Drago to break you. <laughs> uh, who's your least favorite character? Uh, Adrian. Yeah, she's she's a tough one. Uh, if I'm thinking of the series as a whole, I'm going to lean towards Polly. Yeah. But in this movie in and of itself, I don't find him as terrible. He's a little annoying. His jokes don't land. But, like, Adrian just, like, you can't win. I mean, I get what they're going for with the concern, but it just comes off really poorly done. And yeah. then the leaving the kid for Christmas, like... It, if one of the parents is gone, the other one shouldn't leave. If the roles were reversed and Adrian went to go and fight Drago, Rocky should stay the hell home with the kid. Like, what is this? It's Christmas. Yeah, I. It's weird because 
her stance on everything works for Rocky's story. But when you look at her as a character, it, it makes no sense for her to act the way she does. Mm-hmm. They, it, they need to give her an actual arc, which is sadly missing, especially when you look at the previous films where I think her storyline was one of the most compelling. Mm-hmm. Here she's just annoying and yeah. problematic. Yeah, good call, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so for favorite, uh, Derek had, or sorry, Le Derek had gotta be Rocky, training, working hard, and avenging. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, we put best and why, so I guess yeah. training, working hard, and avenging is the reason why. Very good. So for me, uh, I had Carl Weathers as Apollo. Okay, I was going to say, don't pick Rocky. No, no. I mean, I like the Rocky character. Yeah. It's it's a guy with some very obvious shortcomings <laughs> who does what he can with what he's got, right? He's yeah. a good underdog character. But Apollo <laughs> is just so damn charming. And like I said, I would have loved it if... You know, okay, Rocky doesn't die because you're not going to kill off the title character. But, like, oh, he does the exhibition match with Drago, gets, uh, you know, bunch of broken bones, and he's in a hospital watching Apollo get vengeance from, like, the TV, like, in the hospital room. I would have loved it because it would have just simply meant more airtime for Apollo. Yeah. And I think you'd, that would leave you with a lot more story to work with for um, subsequent sequels. Yeah, it really would. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had to go with uh, Drago, Dolph Lundgren. Okay. I, just, I, I just love that character. Uh, ominous, mysterious, uh, intimidating. Uh, almost like a, uh, a tool used by a government. Who then not finally... almost. <laughs> yeah, well, it, but uh, breaks free from that at the very end, and we're not. And not until Creed 2, I guess, but we're not given any idea of what happens to him. So all we can do is try and base off of what we've seen previously in this movie as to what this character does, how they would grow. And I just found it very interesting. Um, I guess it's kind of a cheat where he's one of my favorite characters because of the potential that he has. But I felt like for somebody who doesn't really talk, he was very well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he doesn't. And and that's why, like, I considered him as well. But the majority of the reason would have been because he looks so menacing. Because the majority of his time on screen, he doesn't say anything. So, you know, it's it's still a great character for sure. But, uh, I mean, up against Apollo, who's just so damn charming. How many times yeah, have he I really said that is. now? Yeah, he really is. You, you, you've always loved Carl Weathers, it seems. How can not seriously I, how can you not don't well that where did that come from i didn't say anything bad not, not you specifically like the gen, general phrase like how can you not love carl weathers anyways I, I don't know what kind of answer you want from me man it's a rhetorical question there is no answer there is no spoon everybody loves them that's the all right moving on so for most memorable line uh Lederic wrote so damn sad, but burned in my brain and used in many members. In many, many members. Many members. Derek, okay, what are you I doing? I read that. I read that 
word for word, doesn't make sense to me. But if he dies, he dies. It's so, so cold. Yeah, it is. I mean, Dolph Lundgren opens his mouth like four times in this movie, but every time he does, he says something worth listening to. Oh, bangers. Through and uh, through. What did you have for most memorable line? Oddly enough, a Drago quote okay. of, I must break you. Okay. Love it. It's stayed with me since the first time I saw it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this man's a monster. He is. And then, as we talked about earlier in the episode, like, the word selection. Saying, like, basically it's not a decision or a choice. It's something that he has to do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because it's like, it's almost like you said, it's a tool that he's been used. He has no other purpose. That is, like, it's almost like he knows, like, if I can't break you, I will be tossed away. Yeah. So. And that's why you can see him panicking, too, as he realizes he's losing the fight. Mm-hmm. What about you? So I went three for three Drago lines, but also a different one. Uh, <laughs> mine is a subtitle, because he doesn't say it in English. What? <laughs> we just covered 75% of his lines in the movie. Yeah. So he doesn't say it in English, but the subtitle is, he is not human. He is a piece of iron. Yeah. And honestly, like, that line, like, even though I, like, I think back to this movie, and I almost hear that line in his voice in English, even though he doesn't say it in English. Because when I think of this movie, I think of that line. That's a solid line. Yeah, it's just so metal. (laughs) Oh, God. You thought we were going to make it through this episode without that. We huh? almost, we almost did. I know, I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, what was I thinking? Okay, what? What do you have for memorable scene? Uh, so Lederick wrote so so many, but I think when he is yeah. driving and having all the flashbacks and the music, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I can't disagree with him simply because I feel like. Anything that was happening during No Easy Way Out would make it one of the best scenes. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, is is that your most memorable scene? No. Okay, what's yours? No, mine is, is it's a scene, but it's specifically one person in the scene, which is Drago. And it is the introduction to the exhibition match. Yeah. When you watch that scene again and just look at the sheer confusion on his face, what the hell is going on around me? And like he even is almost a little like when the the ring starts lifting, he almost is a, like he he like a little uneasy on his feet. He like stutters a little bit, right? But he's just so thrown off by like he's like, I thought we were having a boxing match. Yeah. Well, what the thing- is going on here? The thing, too, I want to elaborate on this a little bit, too, because it is also my my most memorable scene, is that look when he turns his head as the ring is coming through the floor, for a split second, almost looks like fear. <laughs> he has no idea, like, what is this place? What is happening? What is going on? He's You have to keep in mind, he has never seen anything on this scale before. No, he was probably just told, go stand in that ring. Exactly. And he's standing in a ring in a dark room, and then all of a sudden it opens up. And not just that it opens up and starts lifting, but music is going on. There's a lot of lights up there. It's like, what? A lot of freedom. People doing what they want. 
shit he has never experienced in his life. And this is a completely alien environment to him. I would like be caught I up said, there too. Like I said, in his mind, he's probably just like, I thought we were having a boxing match. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. All right. So that was our awards. Why don't we get to our final thoughts? Ben? Love it. Absolutely amazing movie. Can't get enough of it. I'm excited to watch the director's cut now. Fuck, I'm excited to watch this again right now. (laughs) Like, how much can you really say about it before you start repeating yourself? It's just so much fun. Um, The acting is great. Writing. Keep in mind, like I said earlier, Stallone wrote, directed, and starred in this movie. And it's very strong. I mean, I can easily recommend it to people if they want to have a fun time. Don't go looking for anything serious. But, like, it's it's so much fun. I love it. You? Yeah. I mean, I don't like having to have um, analyzed this movie. Because it comes off as so negative when all we're doing is complaining about all of the shortcomings. But that's what stands out. All of the best stuff in the movie, it really can't be talked about. You have to just watch it. And the thing about it is... I love watching this movie. I could put it on right now and have no problem sitting through it from start to finish as many times as I wanted to because it is so good. Rocky is a fun underdog. Apollo is charming every time he's on screen. I mean, at this point, I don't know how Dolph is not just like one of the most imposing, most like revered like 80s, 90s action stars out there because it continues to blow me away in all of these movies. Now, this is the one that I knew about beforehand. A lot of the other ones were surprises to me, but in this movie more than the others, he is just such a force. I can't think of a better word for it. He's just, he is this dominating, intimidating presence and all of the actors, even the ones you don't like do a good job. Yeah. Just, it could maybe do with a little bit less of, you know, montages and so forth. But the movie itself, without that, you know, microscope of analysis, is just such a fun, easy watch that I feel it could, I don't know, it could be (laughs) the entry point for people in the series. Like, it's the fourth movie, but I feel like even somebody who sees this movie for the first time, and it be the only one they see, would be now motivated to seek out more. They'll be yep. disappointed a couple of times. It's a bit of a roller coaster, but it's seldom that you can say that the fourth movie in a franchise is like the perfect entry point. Yeah. And also, like, don't sleep on this soundtrack. This has an absolutely amazing soundtrack that I think is only rivaled by Rad for the movies that we've covered. Oh, Rad had a pretty good sound. Oh, they, but they both, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a you're 100% right on that statement. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So that was our thoughts on Rocky Four. If you guys want to share your thoughts with us, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at BSBargainBin, Facebook.com slash BSBargainBin. You can go to BSBargainBin.com. There's a, a page for every episode as well as our merch. Don't forget, you can grab a T-shirt. If you are listening to this live, You can actually go to our merch page right now with the code GIFTS22 to get 25% off. I don't know how long it lasts, so if you're hearing this, check it soon. Ben. Yo. Next week, it's not your pick. 
not my pick for a while. No, no, it's not. Um, but we're not going to reveal why that's the case um, just yet. All right, what uh, what are we doing? Well, when we do a when we do a fan pick, I reserve the right to pick the next movie. I don't always, but this time I'm going to. We've never done movies back to back with the same lead, and we're going to remedy that right now. This could go two ways. Yeah, no, this is a this is a a lot of people don't know that Sylvester Stallone did a movie with this blonde no uh, I don't know if you would call like a sex symbol maybe no um I'd say it's more dirty blonde because Kurt Russell was a very attractive man in 1989's Tango and Cash I'll tell you one thing. Whoever set us up is really connected. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax. Soap. And don't flatter yourself. Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. Easy come. Easy go. But doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate your karate, guys. Two of L.A.'s top rival cops are having a good time staying in rhythm. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in L.A. That's funny. I hear the same thing about you. But they're going to have to work together, even if it kills them. Like now! We'll take it. No, that's one of a kind. We won't put a scratch on it. Sleep with my sister. I was so drunk, I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Tango and Cash. You fucking got me. <laughs> Until next week, have a good one. All the best.